Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So on today's show, I'd like to welcome Alice Smith, founder of the 361 Life Support Programme. So welcome, Alice. It's great to have you on the show today. Hello, thank you for inviting me. So Alice, you're a survivor of emotional, sexual and financial abuse. So for our listeners, can you tell us your story and what led you to the creation of the 361 programme? Well, very, it's got to be very short, I suppose, hasn't it? And it's very difficult to answer this question. But yes, I did leave an abusive marriage and subsequently through that lost my job. As head of English at a private school, um, I lost um, my mental health, I got severe PTSD, and then I slid down into repossession of my house, homelessness. And uh, this happened in a couple, uh, between 2013 and 2015. Right. At the same time, I began writing and touring my shows. And I'm seven years on now into my recovery from that experience. So for our listeners, what is the 361 Recovery Programme? What's involved? Okay, so I founded 361 Life Support, which includes the 361 Recovery, only a year ago, actually. But we won the Marsh Award um, in conjunction with mine for innovative peer design um, and peer support at Christmas 2020. So it wasn't designed for COVID, but actually it's been perfect for COVID. It's 100% survivor-led organisation, and we are looking for people to come and help us. It's not for profit so the rewards are in heaven not financial rewards and um i wrote and created and designed a recovery program for women which i didn't find i had access to when i was trying to recover so the whole thing's taken me seven years plus another 40 probably and (laughs) it's uh, been designed for um women survivors who are on a stage three recovery which means that they've gone past victim they've gone past survivor And they're asking what lies beyond. So we say victim, survivor, what lies beyond. And since we started, believe it or not, in the last six months, we've run it twice, as well as a 361 pages group, which is recovery, but for writing. And get this, 361 (laughs) sober, because I'm now four years sober. That's been part of my recovery journey as well. And I'm really pleased to say that we've had fantastic women coming through the course and now they teach it with me because 361 life support is all about the survivors coming on getting confidence and going off and we lead on at the end to 361 vision which starts this Sunday it's every month and people from that course they we encourage them to get um a vision for themselves because survivorship I believe is a legacy So we're talking about what we could leave to the world from all those experiences, those horrible experiences we had, what vision, what legacy could we create? So we go on then onto that 361 vision group. And I must just say, in case people are listening, we do want to offer this for men as well. So we formed a focus group of men. We're going to develop it over the summer. And in September, we're going to offer it for women. And then we're going to offer it for men, run by men, developed by men, male survivors so do you find that under that heading maybe of survivor there's so many different words and subjects under that 
do you find that maybe men suffer more in a, in a certain category maybe it's alcoholism and women maybe more abuse or is it a mix I don't really personally see things as male and female, although I've contradicted myself here by saying we've got the two groups, but I see this as a human rights issue. Right. I see abuse as a human rights issue and as a human issue. Um, the sober group is LGBT friendly, so it's for all genders. Yeah. And strangely enough, it is mostly all LGBT. But again, it's uh, that's just how it happened. I, I just feel it's um, a human rights issue. In fact, when we commented on the draft domestic abuse bill, we wanted domestic abuse to be called trust fraud because I feel that it's a fraudulent use of trust in a relationship. But they ignored that uh, idea. But you see, obviously, I totally get where you're coming from. It's it's human rights. It's everything. But go back over the years, people would, if you talked about home abuse people would automatically think it's the woman getting abused but it doesn't work like that does it it's both parties all different sexes that get abuse yes I think it's personally be, having had experienced it and I'm working with people now uh, 361 believes it's about emotional education and the fact that we can be really emotionally illiterate when we come out of school we can actually not have the emotional education and we can not excusing people who abuse people obviously but you can actually look at their emotional education and the emotional education of uh, victims as well I include myself in that and see that there are certain gaps and it's almost like that goes together sort of we share the same type of gaps or an abuser can manipulate the gaps that they see in us um, it's more complicated than that though but you yeah. know that's kind of where we're at thinking about we call it emotional education all the programs that we provide yeah because in school this is just it they need to be educating every everybody in school respect you know responsibility and respect and things like that and how to treat people now there's a couple of things with that we believe that emotional education is lacking in society as a whole and in the, if you look at what's talked about, for instance, with COVID, you don't hear anyone talking about emotions such as fear. So we get a lot of anger on the streets, which I think is based on fear, which isn't allowed to be expressed. And you've got the emotional education of teachers. So I was a teacher for 17 years wow. and I witnessed a lot of bullying between teachers, a bullying of myself, um, teachers bullying children, teachers surviving on a mixture of coffee and wine. And I'm, wow. I, so the educators themselves very often, if we're being compassionate, have had, haven't had the emotional education either. So they can't yeah. really be expected to go into a system like the education system and promote it. In yeah. fact, the education system kicks people out that have it because that, that's what's happened to me. So it, it and it kicks out what they perceive to be failures as well and losses. So it, it's a big it's a big problem, isn't it? And yeah. I do feel that that we're starting to talk about it more, though, don't you? Yeah, so I think there's, I think we have changed and we're becoming more educational and our thought patterns are changing now. But I remember being in school, I was, we were so petrified of our head teacher and our teachers, we had such respect for them that we wouldn't really step out of line an awful lot. Whereas now it seems we've gone full circle, the children are wrapped in cotton wool and the teachers are afraid to discipline to a certain extent. And this is why we have the problem we have today. 
yeah, there was a lack of respect, I'd say, in my teaching career, and it kind of dived down. But I would just come back to emotional health, because it's really interesting that everyone's starting to talk about mental health now in schools, yeah. although the whole system, in my view, increases mental health problems. That's just yeah. my view. But we're not talking about emotional health. So a lot of those children that, that you teach, you are completely oblivious and you're taught to ignore their emotional health. So what they're coming in with in the mornings from home yeah. is in this, to a certain extent stuck on a shelf. And I think that's the way forward to start talking about emotional health as well. Yeah, definitely. So I love the explanation of the 360 circle uh, on the 361 program where kind of negativity attracts negativity. And it's a 361 stepping out of the circle, isn't it? Where you think, you know, life begins and it's quite fearful. It's a big, scary world, but that's going to be the change. So can you expand on that for us? Yes, what happened was I went into a school and I got thrown out because I kept getting thrown out of jobs, just literally when I went in because they didn't really like what I was saying. And I went out and I thought, well, I've had enough of this now. It was in Bristol. So I went by the university. There was a shop and I bought this ring, this oh, spiral so ring. It's, it's like and I snail? sat in the coffee shop. Yeah, like it's an am ammonite. And I sat oh, in this okay. coffee shop and I it came up with this idea. I googled um, um, fossils. And it says fossils survive because they broke the rule. And it all came from there. And I thought, wow, I survived because I rules. broke the rule. <laughs> Lots of people survived because they broke the rules because every survivor has a lot of near-death experiences, a lot that we don't really talk about and we don't want to think about. So, yeah, um, so then I thought, well, this spiral, okay, it's a spiral. So how about if didn't think about this straight away, by the way. It took me months, years, but the actual 360, obviously everyone knows the circle, the cycle of addiction, the cycle yeah. of abuse. So I've been in a lot of um, uh, abusive relationships, not just one. So obviously just hop back into another one and another one or drinking, drinking, drinking. Yeah. So I thought, well, what about 361? it was originally called 360 do a 360 of your life and so I played on the phrase find the one because all through my life like many listeners we've been told that we can find the one and then miraculously everything will be great and we can live happily ever after so listeners that is not true no but it you can't find true, the one <laughs> yeah, you can find the one being um the one step out as you quite rightly said for me it was sobriety that one step out for other listeners, it will be something else. And the 361 recovery program doesn't promise to fix you or anything like that. And you don't have to pay any money for it, but you do pay in other ways. You have to face the mirror and face the truth about yourself, not just your abuser. And in that way, we hope that you'll come out. We're just finishing our 12 week program this week. And we hope people will come out with some ideas about how they can break that pattern, what the first step might be. And my other one was celibacy. So I've been celibate four and a half years, sober four years. And together, those two have helped me break the cycle. Wow, that's incredible. That's really, really amazing. So tell us about the 361 pages and the 361 life support. Okay, so the 361 life support is a whole, the whole network of survivors. You can sign up on our website, hopefully I can tell you what it is later yeah, and what does it mean well it just means that that as a survivor you can come and help us 
we do it all for free. We're doing it to share information. What are we doing? We're, get, we're doing three recovery programs and the 361 pages, we've piloted that and we're hoping it's taken to women's prisons and the 361 Sober, they all follow the same 12 week title, but they're open to be created, to be changed. People who come on the course, change them. People come on the course, facilitate next time round. So it just gives that idea of a survivor working out, going from victim to survivor to what lies beyond. We, we believe we can give you a glimpse of what might be beyond. By that I mean, so we're not a survivor forever. So we're something else. Yeah. We become someone else that doesn't always have to be talking about it and could be like a third way, a beyond. You know what I love about the ring, the fossil you've got on your hand? So it looks like a snail. And like you say, the snail is 360. And then that 361 is the top of the head, where it, so the tail, where it comes out. And that's kind of your freedom. You know, you're, you're, it's great, isn't it? I love that. Is that how you see it? I like that. Not really, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the actual thing is that because we call it emotional evolution, you can go over it again if you so yeah, exactly. wanted to. So yeah. in you don't need to get off on that tail. Third yeah. Yeah, um, the sober, we started off in October for six weeks and they liked it so much. We, we've gone round, we're, we're a third time round now. The 12 says, who are you now? And one says, who are you? Yeah. So like you say, you go you go round again, but you never repeat it. You go round and you think, you know, you know a little bit more, don't you, about yourself or about- and It doesn't matter how many times you go round that circle, does it? Because you're going to discover something new and benefit every time you go back round that circle. You don't have to get off and that's it. That's brilliant. Yeah, the same with sobriety, it's a daily practice, so you can't just get off. Uh, and the same with um, recovery from abuse, you, you, it's very hard to just get off and go and have a relationship yeah. that is healthy. It, it's possible, but you need to do quite, quite a lot of work on yourself, if I'm honest. Yeah, you have to be happy with yourself, then other things kind of fall into place a little bit easier, don't they? Yeah, and it's difficult to change yourself when you get older as well, because yeah. you've got the patterning from childhood about what sort of um, partner you might, you think might make you happy. Yeah, yeah. So how have you found your, the life support during the pandemic? Because obviously everything would have been increased tenfold. I mean, not only the effects of the, the virus and the lockdown, the pandemic and work and everything else, and people losing their lives but the amount of abuse has increased, hasn't it? Because there's no escape. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think the amount of abuse has increased. I think the the amount of people reporting it has increased, actually. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think it's always been there. But I do take your point that, 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 that there is, there's been less of an escape from it. But there's an element when you're in an abusive relationship that it seems all right to everyone else. And uh, there's this in our podcast, our second series we talk about some pretty deep topic topics to do with abuse one of them being gaslighting so it's possible that before covid you were in an abusive relationship and people were gaslighting you that was say they were saying that um basically it's kind of lying to you until you believe their lies um saying the jokes on you making fun of you and then saying you haven't got a sense of humor and that might have all been going on but it might have been coming to a head um, in lockdown that's possible where you it's just in your face you can't deny it anymore and yeah. I always think I look back to my partner saying to me everyone else dislikes you 
no one likes you around here and everyone else is okay with this. And I think maybe before COVID, if listeners were in that situation, they might have thought it's me, but I want to tell them if that's anyone listening, there's 7 billion people in the world. So it's not possible when someone says no one likes you, that's just not possible. And if someone says to you, if someone says to you, everyone, everyone is okay with the situation except you, well define everyone in your head. Because again, there's 7 billion people in the world. And so from doing the program in my own recovery, I realized this, only you know you. And once you get that, you can actually start to chip away at that gaslighting that you're getting from your partner. And then there is mental escape. Once you've got mental escape, you can think about how to escape physically, which is harder. Yeah. And I have spoke to other people in, in you know, with a similar experience um, with, with podcasting as well. And it's dating when you're in that situation where as as a survivor dating is really quite difficult isn't it and knowing who to trust and hearing this kind of people and predators that will turn up to like group meetings and things looking for the vulnerable I mean gosh that was a complete eye-opener for me yeah the narcissistic control now with the internet it's brilliant isn't it because you can look up if you're if if you if this if you are a survivor and you're or you're you ask yourself this question I get this asked this a lot why do the same type of men choose me why do I keep getting into this relationship firstly flip that question why are you choosing the same type of men usually emotionally unavailable and second look up narcissistic behavior online because it's quite chilling but as you know it's the same pattern and so now I can spot it I can spot it from the start and once you've got that emotional education you're never going to be caught by a narcissist again however I do suggest two years of celibacy because that really clears your head and it clears you it you know because it's really difficult after abuse you don't know who you are and you're very vulnerable to people like you say you're like prey I did this speech called what does freedom cost and it had this idea of the rabbit being let out of the cage and if you've ever seen one it just runs around the edge of what of what's known and waits for a predator like a dog or a fox to eat it and I feel that's how we are when we're first out of an abusive relationship we're prey and my advice would be to stay out of dating for two yeah. years oh, good, great advice. and yeah. even though I didn't I've got to say this because I don't want people to think I'm lecturing them I didn't I ended up sort of dating quite profusely actually but now in hindsight which is a wonderful thing I would say try to stop for two years <laughs> So Alice, let's talk about your podcast you mentioned briefly. Tell us about that. Yes, we in lockdown, we did 38 episodes, um, which is a lot. I know, I can't read them up. You need to shame. You know I'm a podcaster, don't you? (laughs) Well, we we did it because we wanted to try and help our own mental health. Really, a lot of 361 Life Support is us helping ourselves, if that makes sense. Totally, yeah. So we did two a week in lockdown for mental health, which was our own mental health, myself and Jess, who is in our organisation. And the three series, we did one on lockdown, which was longer than we thought. We did one on recovery from abuse that is worth checking out because it does talk about gaslighting and also some deeper subjects like recovery from sexual assault and rape. And then the third series is a way of accessing for free 
without coming on Zoom, the 361 Recovery Programme, if you just wanted to listen to it, there's 12 episodes. Wow, brilliant. At the end of the show, we will put some details on of your website, but on your website, there's a lovely poem that you're, that you're, you're walking and you're, you're talking about the poem, which is really quite profound. So can you expand on that for us? Well, I could give you a poem if you want, a very quick one and a story. That would be great. Yes, please. Go for it. Yeah, so, so my poetry was written. I've got 500 poems. I put them into four stage shows and toured them around the world. They were very hard hitting. This particular one is called One Day. And it was written on Western Supermare Beach just before I went to live there. And I'm going to be honest, I got drunk and wrote it and um, uh, sort of fell back on the beach in a little bit of a stupor. And some policemen came and asked me if I was OK. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, three months later, I was at Western Supermare and stayed there for three years to recover my mental wow. health and started to be sober. And so I wanted to tell you that because it's written about a time that you can't see yet. And for survivors, this is the one thing that's pulled me through repossessions and just terrible, terrible things to believe. I've always been able to believe and visualise what isn't here yet. And this is that poem. Lovely. One day you will count a thousand beautiful things and not stop at 13. What do you have been? Blame-faced, child, hated, will be less than what you can be. Beauty, power, understated. One day you will sit with sunshine for company and not look to the right for a shadow. You will be light to so many seeking the truth in flight. One day you will collect friends like shells rather than treading on them. Time spent really will be love spent. One day you will step back from the edge, face the mirror and belatedly embrace not the crazy but the free. This is that day. Wow, that's beautiful. I've gone all goose pimply listening to that. Well, do you know, I went there, I went to the beach and I said, I'm going to live there. And then I literally three months later, I was there and I got sober on that beach. It was absolutely amazing and it was fantastic. So, so Alice, where are you now in your recovery? I am in my beyond phase. I am four years sober. I am uh, completely, my life's completely aligned to my core values now. In 361 Recovery, we write down what our core values are. If you don't know what they are and you're listening, then I don't see how you can direct yourself. So maybe just write them all down. Everything that I do is aligned to my core values now of things like education, kindness, equality, valuing others, and also legacy. So now I'm building not for my own life or for my children's life, but I'm building for the lives I can't see. I'm building for the lives to come. And I consider myself seventh the seventh generation of 14 so I've got seven generations behind and I'm honoring those ancestors and Definitely. all the work that we're doing is for the generations to come um, and so with that bigger picture view that's where I am currently and I'm just starting up life coaching it's called 361 diamond and the tag word is shine and it's going to take some of these principles and help women to yeah to consider their own legacy to consider their own vision, to consider what isn't really working for them and how they could make the most of their time on planet Earth. Oh, that's really beautiful. So for anyone listening who's 
going through a terrible time and they're struggling, they need help or they want to take part in the 361 recovery, how can they get in touch with you and how can they make contact with you? First of all, uh, just to say, we're not the place to come if you're in an abusive relationship and you're looking to come out to a refuge or making those first steps out. Women's Aid is brilliant. And there's the National Domestic Abuse Helpline and lots of other places you can go to. And there is hope you can get out. Um, the red flags are there for a reason. So please, if that's you, please make um, use of those associations. We're for a bit further on. So when you've escaped, when you've had some counselling and then the counselling stops and you think, ah, and you become that rabbit out of the cage. Yeah. We're there for you then. Um, and you can sign up for our newsletter on 361lifesupport.co.uk. You can take the 361 Recovery Programme as a, on the free podcast or you could think about joining us for men and for women the two groups in September 2021 if you're wanting to get sober our LGBT safe space is um, on Sunday evening 7 till 8 30 you can sign up on the website um, and I just wanted to say really that if you are thinking about leaving freedom does cost it costs you materially financially and your status sometimes because you can go from a beautiful house like I did with five bedrooms on three floors to a mouldy old flat and head of department in a private school to basically no job. However, I would never go back because of the gains, the autonomy, meaning choice, I'm driving my life, the emotional healing I've got from being out of that relationship, the support from others, and this idea of renewal in recovery, which I would never have had if I hadn't taken those steps out. So I would say, Karen, you know, there are costs yeah. to getting your freedom, but it's worth it. Because mentally, I could just picture going from that huge grand, you know, house and residence to a tiny moldy flat. But then that fear is maybe slightly lifting that, that what you've been used to living with. So what's what's better? Surely that's that the mindset because you can build yourself oh yeah up. I mean you realize that status is an illusion it's an no. absolute illusion you concentrate on the materialistic things and um and yeah to, for someone to leave that comfort and then maybe to have to go to a smaller residence with children as well must be very daunting must be quite daunting for them but then you have your freedom and you realize that all these things the labels that you had the um the mother, the married woman, the teacher, they were all labels. And then you get to know what's really underneath all the labels. And when you close that door for the first time and it's locked against the world, all survivors know what I'm talking about. There's no better feeling than locking that door. And it's just you, even if the stamp on the wall, it's just you. And that's priceless. Yeah, I can imagine. I've gone goozy again. And again, what you've just said again is really profound. So thank you for sharing that with us. Well, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you today, Alice. I wish you all the best for the future. And you must come back on again on my podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me, Karen. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Kelly at btinternet.com.